0: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the February 16th edition of The Court Report on the Nacham Network, the perimeter place to get all your sports news and information regarding the Yeshiva League. The Court Report, brought to you by Crown Trophy of Brooklyn, comes to you every Sunday night at 7 p.m., as well as an encore presentation on Tuesday night at 7 p.m., right here on the Nacham Segal Network. Every week we'll take a look back and a look ahead at all things Yeshiva League-related, including scores, standings, and interesting topics, covering all of your Yeshiva sports needs. If it interests you, it'll be here because this show is all about you. Had a game this week? Let us know. Friend me on Facebook. Send me a message. My name is Elliot Weisselberg, that's W-E-I-S-E-L-B-E-R-G, or like the Court Report fan page. You can also follow me and tweet me on Twitter. My name is yls Guy, that's Y-L-S-W-E-I-S-G-U-Y, or email me at Elliot at NahumSiebel.com, because if I don't know about it, we can't talk about it. Thank you once again to our sponsor, Crown Trophy of Brooklyn. If you've won an MYHSAL championship over the last 10 years, you already know about the great job that they do. Please contact Mike and his amazing staff at Crown Trophy of Brooklyn for all of your trophy and plaque needs. They can be reached at 718-769-4111. Again, I'm your host, Elliot Weiselberg, assistant coach of the Yeshiva Flatbush Falcons JV and Varsity Hockey teams and co-coach of the Yeshiva Hartor Junior High Hockey team. But most of all, like you, I'm a Yeshiva League fan, and I am humbled and privileged to be able to share the amazing efforts and accomplishments of these kids each and every week with you from the Press Box at the Anderson Arena in the heart of Brooklyn. Well, everyone, we have finally hit that most exciting stretch of the year. Uh, this last week marked the end of the regular season in all Varsity and JV Sports, and several playoff games have already been played. We're going to recap the games that have already happened, including two amazing come-from-behind victories in the basketball playoffs, what they do to the playoff brackets, and then we'll preview games that may happen this week. Say may, because with the weather we've had recently, we can only guess. So let's kick off the show with Varsity Hockey. The three games this past week, two affecting playoff seedings, one impacting the Eastern Division crown. Standing room only crowd in Hafter on Tuesday night to catch the two most decorated Eastern Conference schools in Yeshiva League Hockey, the DRS Wildcats, and the Hafter Hawks. Just to give you a sense of where these two teams stand in relation to the rest of the division, one of these two teams have taken every division championship since 1999 when Rambam did it in my freshman year of high school. I may not be that old, but that's a long time. On many occasions, that title came down right to the last game of the season, and Tuesday night was no exception. Hafter came into the game in first at 12-1, with DRS right behind them at 11-2. and DRS took the first game between the two in the greenhouse 5-2, setting up a situation where a regulation win for either team would give that team the crown. An overtime game would give the title to Hafter, the goal for DRS was simple, get the ball to the net early. In their first meeting, DRS put one in only 30 seconds into the game and controlled play from there, so the Wildcats knew how important the opening shift would be. Lo and behold, first minute of play, Avi Jenikowski finds a loose ball rolling around the crease and plants it behind half-their goalie Joseph Kestenbaum for the one nothing lead. Unlike the first game, Kestenbaum settled down and did not let the game get out of hand, despite appearing to have given up a second one to Jenikowski midway through the period. Kesty would be rewarded in the early moments of the second period, though. After still working on a power play, after an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty to Jeremy Barth in the first, Sammy Davidman ripped a full-court slap shot, beating Ari Guttenmacher to tie the game at one. But a minute later, Jenikowski would make this one stick, taking a Leo Rubin pass out of the corner and backhanding a top-shelf pass Kestenbaum to make it 2-1 DRS. It would stay that way for the better part of two periods. Uh, time winding down in the game, Evan Fader moved in from the left side of the net and appeared to have planted a top shelf, but the referees did not call it, and the Wildcats went on to win by the final score of 2-1. to one. For DRS, it is the fifth division title in a row and seventh in the last eight years. DRS will now enjoy the top seed in the East, while Hafter, after being statistically the most dominant team all season, will settle for the second seed and automatically be matched up against the West number three seed, which now belongs to Kushner. The Cobras moved into the three spot after taking down Frisch 4 nothing. Kushner received contributions from Elon Slonim, Kurt Moskowitz, and two by Ellie Schwartz, along with another shutout by Max Moskowitz to close out an 8-6 season and avoid a first-round game with MTA. Instead, that honor will now go to Ramaz, with the winner to take on DRS in the second round. Frisch finishes off their regular season with two losses to the teams above and below them in the standings, only a week after being on the cusp of a Western Division championship. The final varsity game on the week belonged to Rambam and North Shore, which effectively served as a preview of the first-round game, as the two will face again this coming week in Rambam in the 4-5 Eastern Conference game. In this one, North Shore came out victorious 6-2. to Bradley Lowy produced the hat-trick, with Jonas Spielman adding two for his second game in a row. John Silverman represented the seniors in their last home game with his goal, completing Shore's scoring. Avi Martin produced the two goals for the Ravens. So Rambam finishes at seven and seven, still in fourth, and North Shore ends their season at six, seven and one, still in fifth. So here's a final look at the varsity hockey playoff bracket. The East first round games feature number four Rambam hosting number five North Shore this Thursday night, and number three Flatbush hosting number six Hank on Tuesday. The West top seeds TABC and Frisch will take on the winners in reverse order of finish. The lowest seed will face TABC, the next lowest will face Frisch in round two. Out West, the only first-round game is MTA at Ramaz, which is yet to be scheduled, with the winner automatically facing DRS, while the 3rd team Kushner faces East number 2 Hafter. Here's how the bracket is structured. In one half of the bracket, the winner of East number 1 DRS's second-round game will take on the winner of West number 2 Frisch's second-round game. In the other half of the bracket, the winner of West number 1 TABC's second-round game will face the winner of Hafter's game with Kushner. Moving over to JV hockey, where the only games left were the JV matchups of the two Eastern Conference games above. Both games took place on Wednesday night, and both served to help clarify the Eastern Conference title situation. Coming into the night, DRS and Rambam were tied at 8-1, and each having split the tiebreakers and facing a coin flip for the third time in the last six years to decide the number one seed. Rambam and DRS have each enjoyed a coin flip victory in that span, so if it got to that, even this would be a tiebreaker. The Ravens looking to hold up their end of the bargain in North Shore. After a scoreless first, Rambam breaks open the scoring on goals by freshman Daniel Yataki and Abi Orla to head into the third up 2 nothing. Halfway through the third, Yataki strikes again with an Ovi, or Ovechkin, scoring on a sweeping shot while falling to the floor to stretch the game to its 3-0 final. Charlie Altman records his second shutout for the Ravens in a season where he has not allowed more than two goals in any game which is great news for the Ravens as they've only been held under that number once, that being their 2-1 loss to DRS early on in the season. So Rambam got the job done, meaning that a DRS victory over Hafter would leave us deadlocked. Similar to the Rambam game, this one went scoreless out of the first. Uh, Unlike Rambam, DRS would end up on the receiving end in the blanking. Late second, Jake Berger, contributing on the scoreboard as of late after his transition to offense, put one home to take a 1-0 Hafter lead. Late third, Jacob Fold puts the game away off a centering pass, giving Hafter the 2 nothing victory and spoiling DRS's attempt at a third straight division title, giving Ramam their first since the last time DRS did not win it in 2011. So Rambam gets the one seed, and DRS will get the two in the East. Hafter, gaining nothing but momentum with the win, will go on the road as the three, as will Flatbush as the four. So the matchups look like this for the playoffs. In one bracket, West number one TABC will host East number four Flatbush. That game will take place tomorrow in a Presidents' Day game noon matinee out in the Weather Center. The winner of that game will meet up with the winner of East number two DRS, who will once again host number three SAR. This game, a rematch of last year's JV semifinals, will take place next Sunday. In the other bracket, East number one Rambam will host West number four Kushner, and West number two Frisch will take on East number three Hafter. The dates for those games are yet to be determined. Right now, we're going to move ahead to a new segment on our show called Playoff Preview, where we're going to preview each playoff game of the coming week. We'll start off from Varsity Hockey. Uh, number 4, Ram, I'm hosting number 5, North Shore, this Thursday. Uh, their only game this year was played last week, with the 6-2 result that I mentioned earlier. Just bear in mind that that game was in North Shore. Some who thought the Ravens were 5-3 and three at home this year, with big wins over Flappers and Hank, and playing DRS close to a 3-1 loss. Compare that with North Shore being 1-4-1 and on the road, with their only win coming against YDE. So, North Shore has not had much success outside of their gym this year. With this game being in Rambam, easier for Rambam seniors Mendy Duffler, Akiva Hochbein, and Yakov Nussbaum to shoot from anywhere and put pressure on a North Shore net that has not been steady this season, and yielding two third-period comebacks on the road in Flatbush and hang the success that the Stars saw last week may very well be fleeting. In the other game in the East, number 3 Flatbush hosting number 6 Hank on Tuesday. These two met earlier in the year in Flatbush, with the Falcons taking a 3-0 victory on goals by Mo Mala, Morris Bijou, and Sam Laniato. The game will be in Flatbush, where the Falcons are 6-2, including a big win over DRS. The two lapses at home were huge losses against Kushner and Hafter, but the Falcons have been steady otherwise in the nest, outscoring opponents 20-6 in their home wins. Hanks' only win on the road this year was a 3-2 overtime win over YDE, but have momentum coming into the game, earning five points in the final three matches in the regular season. The Falcons, on the other hand, may have a little bit of rust, having not played since before New Year's Day, but with Morris Bishop finding his scoring stride after an early season drought, and freshman Sam Laniato, sadly putting balls in the net, the Falcons still have the upper hand at home. An interesting question is whether Elon Tannen will make an appearance for the first time for Hank. And a bigger question, if he does, will necessarily be a positive for the Cavaliers, who have found their stride with steady deposits from the likes of Noah Kahn and Joshua Grofsky. The playoffs are not generally a place to tinker, but when you have nothing to lose, you can only gain, right? Out West, the only one, MTA and Ramaz, easily the most intriguing matchup of the first round, these two will finally have a game that will produce a winner. In each of their two contests during the regular season, the game ended in a 1-1 tie. MTA, who clawed their way into the playoffs after being left for dead with ties and overtime losses instead of wins, picked up three victories in their last five games on the season to gain postseason entry. For Ramaz, the Rams skidded into the postseason, having picked up the majority of their points in the first half of the regular season. The consistent stars for both teams this season have been between the pipes. For MTA, times Shear, out of the 14 games that they played, 11 were either MTA wins, ties, or losses within one goal. Uh, of those losses within one goal were a 2-1 loss to Frisch, a 2-1 loss to DRS, and a 2-1 overtime loss to Hafter. So the Lions know what it's like to hang with the top teams and be competitive. For the Rams, Derby Grumman has gotten the job done, even during stretches where the offense was not plentiful for the Rams. After putting up three goals or more in five of the first six games of the year, the Rams only put that number up three more times in the last eight, with none of them coming against playoff opponents. The Rams' biggest advantage should be its home court, but even this year the court has not worked out to its full capabilities. And as a result, MTA's ability to hang close as well as the road that it needed to take already have it into survival mode with momentum could be a factor. We will preview the West third seed Kushner against East number two seed Hafter next week when we get to the second round matchups. Over to JV hockey, we'll start off with West number 1 TABC hosting East No. 4 Flatbush tomorrow. The Storm earned their 6th straight Western Division Championship, posting a 9-1 and record on this season. Their only blemish came at the hands of SAR, 3-2 in SAR, with TABC down 3 key offensemen. Since then, though, the Storm have been perfect, knocking off all opponents, including the return game with SAR 6-0 at home, where they were perfect 5-0 on this season, as well as convincing victories over other playoff teams, Frisch and Kushner. The Storm are led in scoring by Yair Nola, but feature 2-3 to three solid lines on both ends, with the back line being manned by Ari Fuchs and Yeshua Na'or. The defense, along with goaltender Shua Balen have combined to hold opponents down, allowing only 6 goals in their last 7 games and 12 on the entire season. Flapwish took the number 4 seed after starting off the season hot, taking 7 of the first 8 points on the year, and playing top seed Rambam to a 2 nothing game at home in November. Since that game, the Falcons went 1-4-1 and needed help to earn their way into the playoffs. Joey Habert has steadily paced the Falcons on offense, who will get a much-needed offensive boost with the return of Nathan Mosseri to the roster. The Falcons have had their highs and lows on the road this season, going 2-2-1, highlighted by a 4-0 victory in Hank, in which Moshe Illuz recorded the shutout, but low-lighted by a 4-2 loss to North Shore and a 3-3 tie to Mag and David, a game in which the Falcons scored three goals in the first five minutes, but could not hold the lead, settling for a tie. In the next game, East number 2 DRS facing number 3 SAR from the west. SAR finished their season at 7-3, battling for the division crown right up until winter break at 7-1. However, with back-to-back shutout losses to TABC and Frisch, the Sting were relegated to traveling for their first-round matchup. SAR enjoyed a moderate amount of success outside of their rink with a record of 3-2, but would probably trade it all for the confines of their home court advantage. Instead, that advantage is going to go to DRS, who lost out on the Eastern Conference title on the last day of the regular season. The Wildcats finished their season at 8-2, two points out of the division title. Race uh, the positive for the Wildcats. They still have a home game where they are four and one, and many will argue that the only home loss that they had was, uh, they, I mean, their three one loss to Rama was a result caused by themselves. The key to this game relies on their offense, though. VRS has had its ups and downs on the offensive end this season, pulling out big victories over less talented teams, but having trouble finding the net against playoff-bound teams. Their offense has resulted mostly from their strong defensive play, led by sophomore Sam Schechter and freshman Miles Peller. SAR has followed the same route, scoring only seven goals in their last six games of the regular season. This thing started off hot, with freshman Solomon Freyla making a mark early on, but have needed to rely mostly on Jonah Amron and net down the backstretch. East number one Rambam hosting West number four Kushner. Eastern Conference champion Rambam Ravens finished the regular season off at nine and one, capturing their first division crown since 2011, as I said earlier, and will take on the fourth seeded Kushner Cobras at home, where they went four and one this year. The Ravens led on offense by a superb freshman group, including Harry Tannen, Avi Orlau, and Daniel Litaki have outstripped the rest of the league, averaging six goals a game in front of goalie Charlie Altman, who has held down the fort, with the Ravens yielding only 14 goals on the season. Kirchner, finishing their regular season with 10 points, had a season mirroring the East number 4 seed Flatbush, running off wins in the first four games of the season, but taking only one down the stretch. On the road, the Cobras split their season, taking one goal wins over MTA and JEC, but dropping games to SAR and TABC. The Cobras have relied heavily on the goaltending of sophomore Jack Reese to keep them in games, and Reese has done that, yielding just a shade over two goals a game. Finally, West number 2 Fresh will take on East number 3 Hafter. The Hawks come in with major momentum, having taken down two playoff opponents in their last three games and dominating the division champions for nearly two periods in between. Hafter has finally found his stride with Zach Kramer and Jake Berger leading on the offensive end and Yehuda Segelnik returning to be a force in the defensive zone. Sagelnik's return could mean big things for the Hawks as they went 5-1 with him but took two losses while he was away with an injury. For fresh, first, the trio of Jordan Sokolov and the Bryn brothers, Stevie and Yehuda, have staked the Cougars to an 8-2 record and a race for the Western Conference title, down to the last game with TABC. Behind the three are a young but talented core defensemen and speedy offensemen that could give the Hawks fit. Uh, this game may very well come down to conditioning, which the Cougars have a great deal of on a court the size that Hafter has only played on once in a 2-1 loss to DRS. In the interest of time, we're going to forego the Hockey Top 5 for JV and Varsity. But as always, you can find the full Varsity and JV rankings, as well as the Junior High rankings, on our Facebook page and on the Jewish Hoops America Hockey Forum. Once again, you're listening to the Court Report on the Siegel Network. I'm your host, Elliot Weisselberg, taking you through the week in Yeshiva League sports. Now, uh, let's move over to center court to tip off the basketball action for the past week. Varsity basketball, hockey wasn't the only one deciding playoff seating this week. Tuesday night featured the makeup of the first TABC game that was supposed to take place a week ago. The fallout from this game would be huge, no matter who came out victorious. Uh, a TABC win would give the Storm the third seed in the West, a first-round home game against Kushner, a berth in the Sarachek tournament, and a four-game win streak heading into the postseason. It would also mean that Frisch would automatically be locked into the fifth seed, looking ahead to a date with SAR. Looking at the reverse, a Frisch would make things more interesting. If that happened, SAR would gain the three seed and the first round home game with Kushner, whom they have had much more success against than Frisch this season, and it would leave the Cougars and the Storm deadlocked for the fourth and fifth seed, awaiting a coin toss to determine who would host who. The Storm, the home team, looking to avoid that scenario and stay in control of their fate. The uh, game started off fairly tight well into the second quarter, Frisch, down 1918 rallies off 15 straight points. Frisch would hold the lead well into the fourth quarter, but the Storm, sensing the impending pressure of Lady Luck, tripped away at the margin, bringing the score to 59-52, with just over two and a half minutes to go. But time and situation was not on their side, as the Storm were forced to foul down the stretch, and in typical fashion, Frisch connected from the line. Justin Hode and Ellie Charlotte each hit five free throws down the back end to pull away for a 70-59 victory. Hode paced the Cougars with 27, including 12 of 17 from the foul line. Charlotte added 12, 10 in the fourth quarter alone. So the two teams finished the season off at 9 and 5, both splitting their matches with each other in the other's court, meaning that good old George Washington would determine the home team in the rubber match for all the marbles, and after the coin toss had landed, TABC came away with the hosting advantage. But as we see from these two, home court may not necessarily mean a thing. So that finishes off the varsity regular season, and the playoffs are as follows. Here is a look at the final playoff bracket. Out west, the two first round games are, as we just mentioned, number five, Frisch at number four, TABC, which will be this Wednesday at the Weather Center, and number six, Kushner will travel to number three, SAR on Thursday. The winners of those two games will be reseeded with the highest remaining winner taking on the east number two seed, Hafter, and the lowest remaining winner taking on number one, North Shore. In the East, the playoffs have already gotten underway. Number 3 Flatbush hosted number 6 Mag and David in the Battle for Brooklyn uh, rematch, uh, only a week after facing off in the regular season. Uh, regardless of the sport, the rivalry between these two schools generates fast-paced and extremely entertaining contests. This game was no different. Slow start by both teams, with Mag and David taking an early 18-16 lead into the break. Start of half number 2, the Warriors quickly ripped off two straight baskets while the Falcons came up empty on their opening possessions. Bang and David's office, showing patience, began knocking down threes, outscoring the Falcons 14-5 in the third, building an 11-point lead at the end of three quarters of play. The Falcons' opening possession in the final quarter netted a traditional three-point play from Nathan Haddad and a two-point basket from Murray Mizrahi. Mag and David responded with the two of their own to push the cushion back to 8. Fast forward, 2.30 left in the game, Warriors up 9. Cloudfish's three-point shooters, cold all night, finally woke up. Joey Dion, Buddy Seton, and Joey Dweck each knocked down shots from behind the arc, in succession to tie the game up at 43. After a four-straight defensive stop, the Falcons had the ball with a little over a minute to play. Uh, the Falcons looked to hold the ball for the final shot, but could not capitalize so we would go to overtime. Uh, no scoring through the first three minutes and change of the extra session. 1.30 to play. Megan David center Aaron Harari took the ball near the Warrior bench and headed towards the basket. But Michael Shalem stepped in and took a charge. And on the ensuing possession, Dweck nailed the jumper to give Flapush its first lead since the opening bucket. Megan David worked its way to the free throw line, but missed both, allowing Flapush to capitalize on their free throws down on the other end. Down four, Megan would not go away easy, driving down the baseline, hitting the lane and the one, to bring them back to within one. The Warriors fouled once again, sending Buddy Seton to the line, who would hit one of two, and with 21 seconds left, Megan had the ball down two, but the Warriors could not find the basket, and Nathan had it hit two on the other end to push the lead to five. Last gasp effort, the Warriors nil a three with one second to go, but the Falcons were able to inbound the ball, completing the comeback victory and sending the Falcons on to the quarterfinals, where they will travel to face Heschel. In the other first-round game, number 4 YDE will host number 5 defending champion DRS this Wednesday night, with the winner traveling to face the Western Division champion Ramaz. For format purposes, here's how the brackets look. The winner of Ramaz's game against the East 4-5 will take on the winner of Hafter's quarterfinal game, while the winner of North Shore's quarterfinal game will take on the winner of Heschel's game with Flatbush. Back to the Jewish hoops America Top 25, everything stays the same in the Top 5 in the Sheva League. Uh North Shore is at 1 nationally, Hafter at 3 nationally, Heschel at 4, Ramaz at 5, and TABC at 10. Frisch moves up to the 11th spot with their win, while SAR stays at 13. Flatbush, DRS, and Mag and David also plays in the top 25 this week. Okay, so let's move over to JV basketball, where two final regular season games occurred, uh, neither having any bearing on the playoffs, but one sending shockwaves throughout the JV league because of the result. Uh, Norshore defeated Rambam 51 to 38 to close out Long Island Division play, but the result was inconsequential as Rambam still finishes in fourth in the Long Island Division at a record of four and six, while North Shore finishes just outside at three and seven. The same could not be said for the other game on the week, though just as inconsequential for the standings, there was a ton more on the line. The JV segment of the first TABC doubleheader featured a first team looking to put a cap on an undefeated regular season, and a TABC team looking to play spoiler in front of a raucous capacity home crowd in the weather center. The Storm jumped out to a small lead that fluctuated between 2 and 4 points uh, throughout the first half, holding the larger of the two as the halftime margin. Midway through the third, the Storm extended that lead to eighth at 33.25, but Frisch rallied off a 9-0 run to take a one-point lead heading into the fourth. The TABC held strong and took the lead with under a minute to play. In the final minute, the Storm's Mo Proctor hit two from the line to push the gap to three, and Gavi Smith put the game away with one as well taking a 45-44 decision from their crosstown rivals. For Frisch, the 45 points that the Storm held them to was the Cougars' lowest scoring output on this season, as well as the first defeat that the defending champions had suffered in two seasons. Smith finished with 16 points for the Storm, and Yoshua Naor called down 18 boards in the win. So TABC finishes their regular season with a record of 8-2, one game behind the Cougars, but have turned around their biggest loss of the season with this victory. Despite the loss, First still holds the division and the bye. Their next round of matchup has already been determined as JEC and Heschel have already squared off in their first round game. JEC, the New Jersey number three seed, traveled to New York City number two Heschel earlier this week, playing what was effectively their second playoff game, having won their do or die game with Hillel last week to earn this playoff berth. The Thunder jumped out early and took control, opening up a 12-point lead and putting Heschel in foul trouble early. The Heat, though, were able to chip away slowly and bring themselves back into contention. Down three late, Heschel in trouble with star center Sam Schwartzbend having fouled out. Replacement Jonathan Mack pulls down a rebound, got the put back the pull within one. JEC could not put the game away and would pay for it though. Clock winding down, four seconds left, Jeremy Spear nails a three-pointer, saving the Heat and sending them on to the conference semifinal with a 39-37 conference behind victory. In the other west bracket, New York City number one, SAR, will take on the winner of TABC and New York City number three, Ramaz, who will play Wednesday night. Over in the East, one bracket has, uh, Long Island number one DRS, who easily defeated Brooklyn number four Shari Tower last night, 65-33. to Sophomore A.B. Perla put in 18 for the Wildcats. Joel Deutsch hit near double digits in assists on the night. They will face the winner of Brooklyn number two YDE, hosting Long Island number three Hafter. The other bracket has Brooklyn number one Flatbush, hosting L- Long Island number four Rambam on Thursday night, with the winner taking on the winner of Long Island number two Hank, hosting Brooklyn number 3, or Hatora, this Tuesday. Alright, now let's head over to girls basketball leagues and take a look at their playoff situation. In Girls A, again, the top four teams from each division make the playoffs, crossing over like in the other leagues. So the matchups for Girls A are as follows. East number 1 Ramaz will face off against West number 4 Hillel this Wednesday. So far, that is the only game that is set. The rest will need to wait for this week's regular season games to be completed. The winner of that game faces the winner of West number 2, which will either be Frisch, SAR, or Breweria, hosting East number 3 Flatbush. While in the other bracket, West number 1, either Frisch or SAR, will host East number 4 Central, with the winner of that to face the winner of East number 2 Hafter, hosting either number 3 Breweria or SAR. The brackets will be determined following SAR's two games this week, one with Breweria on Tuesday and one with Frisch on Wednesday. In girls' B action, the top four teams make it, with the top seed hosting number four and number two hosting number three. So number one, Breweria, will face number four, Megan David, on Thursday, while number two, SKA, will host number three, Ilan, on Wednesday. Over in JV, the East coin flip went to Ramaz, giving them the number one seed. So East number one, Ramaz, will host West number four, Kushner, next Sunday. The winner of that game will face the winner of West number two, Mayanote hosting East number three, Flatbush. Over in the other bracket, West number 1 SAR hosts East number 4 Central, with the winner facing the winner of East number 2 Hafter hosting West number 3 Frisch. The last three games will all take place this coming Thursday. Because we're running out of time, I'm going to give you a quick preview for the varsity basketball playoff games. We talked extensively about Frisch and TABC, which will be this Wednesday, so let's move on to the other two. Number 6, Kushner, will travel to number 3, SAR, on Thursday. SAR took both games in this series, winning in Kushner by 11 and then dominating the Cobras by 28 on their home court. At home, SAR is 5-2, but of those two losses, one was a two-point overtime loss to Frisch, and the other, Ramaz's last-second buzzer-beater by Jamie Capel. And, East Number 4 YDE will host East No. 5 defending champion DRS. YDE took the only game that these two played this year, 66-61, in overtime in DRS. But since that game, YDE has only had one meaningful victory, in a stretch that included a loss to Hank, while DRS ended off their regular season on a high note, topping Mag and David. Well, that about does it for this week's edition of the Court Report. Next week, we will recap the first week of playoff action and hopefully move on to Week 2 with everything completed from the first round and take a look at the second round of games. If you missed any part of this episode, you can catch the Encore presentation this Tuesday night at 7 p.m. following the Book of Life by Charles Harari, or you can find the Court Report on iTunes or the Segal Network app on iPod. Tomorrow morning, J.M. in the AM with Nockham Siegel from 6 to 9 a.m. Live on the stream, NockhamSiegel.com, J.M. in the AM.org, or on your radio, 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills, 91.9 FM, Rockland County. Before I leave you tonight, I want to thank you for joining me. My thanks again to Crown Trophy of Brooklyn for their support. Uh, They can be reached at 718-769-4111. For more of me, you can hear me every Tuesday morning on JM in the AM at around 7.20 with the Tuesday morning JM in the AM sports update. This week, you're likely to hear me on Wednesday, though, because of the holiday tomorrow. If you wish to purchase tickets to the Moroshock 50th Anniversary Concert, which is coming up this Saturday night, please visit moroshockconcert.com. Our station's namesake, Nachum Siegel, will be hosting the event, and many of the voices that you listen to on this very network will be there. Again, that's moroshakconcert.com. Once again, if you haven't visited the Court Report fan page on Facebook, please do so and click the like tab. Let's get that number up before the season ends. And leaving you off with this week's word from the wise. He who fights can lose. He who does not fight has already lost. See you next week right here on the Court Report, only on the Nachum Siegel Network.